This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the game plan with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Toby, I have to apologize right off the top. There For is, what? Well, uh, last night, you know, we taped the Monday morning refresher, I guess, can, depending on when you consume this podcast. It disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. Taped it. Thought I posted it. Gone. Vanished, huh? Vomish. So, uh, basically, here's a quick synopsis of what would have been on the Monday morning refresher. <laughs> Why are you apologizing to me for that? Well, I feel bad about it oh. because, you know, it's uh, for some, it's their, it's an integral part. Was it part. stolen? I don't know. Is there a such thing as cyber stealing something once it's uploaded? I think there. I think there's a scandal. Could here. this happen? Volleyball had a great match this weekend against Kansas. I heard you talking this morning. You watched a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah, good Kansas team. They got on top. They won the first set. They got my hopes up. Twenty-five, twenty-three. One of the best sets I've seen all year long. And then soccer. By the time you consume this, we'll know who they're playing in their regional. It's likely they'll be playing Friday night at six o'clock. And Toby, we got all kinds of basketball. Yeah, it's that time. You got basketball. We got women's hoops. Uh, we're taping this on Monday after the Bob Stoops press conference. Uh, you got basketball tomorrow night and the home opener on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Where did the off season go? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it does kind of, in a way, seem like it's been an eternity since we were down in Houston for the Final Four. So I'm ready. I'm excited okay. about. Uh, Seeing this new team, seeing what they look like. I'm excited about my new partner, Kevin Hendry. I'm excited about Kevin. The broadcast this year. And, uh, yeah, Tuesday night, exhibition game against the Ichabods of Washburn. And then Sunday, uh, Northwestern State, the Demons from Natchitoches, Louisiana. And they're good, by the way. Yep. Don't sleep on these guys. I mean, they could be an NCAA tournament team this year. So uh, this will be be a fun week. Basketball, football, basketball. Yeah. So there's your Monday morning refresher. There now now let's get into what we learned. I, I printed this off from the game notes, and I don't know how I have a stack of stuff already that I can't find. This is still incredible to me. Ten defensive players who are on OU's week one depth chart have combined to miss 35 games due to injury this year. Of course, that's magnified by Matt Diamond and Charles Walker, whom we haven't seen in a while. But 22 different Sooners have started on that side of the football this year. That's insane. How are they still undefeated in conference play? Uh, I don't know. Um, It's been a disappointing year defensively, uh, but certainly that is one of the biggest things you can point to as to try to piece together why. And uh, I guess the, the update today is, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, that like right. this was the first press conference in a long time where we got injury updates from Bob that were encouraging. You know, I mean, that you kind of came out going, oh, hey, Oklahoma's good news. Get, yeah, yeah, good news. Samaje, hopefully back. I mean, if, if the week goes well, Matt Romar, Capri Doucette, of course, Joe Mixon, um, Eric Wren, he got rolled up on the other night. Looks like he's okay. So that's some significant firepower that that it, they could be getting back this week, and um, and that's tremendous. You know the the positive side of injuries, which you never want, is that guys get playing time that might not have, 
And if you can win the games anyway, then when everybody gets back healthy again, you are fortified right. as a team. And I think that's the case here. I mean, uh, Dimitri Flowers had an amazing night the other night. And now you move him back into his normal role in all likelihood. And suddenly you're like, now defense has got to worry about this guy even more than they did did before. And guys like Caleb Kelly getting a start, a couple of starts, uh, the playing time he got that maybe he wouldn't have if some other guys had gotten injured. Certainly on the defensive line, the amount of playing time that Neville Gallimore has gotten in, in Amani Bledsoe before his suspension that he got uh, is incredibly valuable on down the line. So you got to look for a silver lining in everything, and that's the silver lining in the end. Great silver lining because those are some quality guys. I, I think not just looking at what they've provided in the short term here this year, Toby, but also down the road. I mean, Caleb Kelly is someone that with everything that was surrounding him when he came in and then the way that he performed, that's a guy they're going to be relying on for yeah. the next couple of years right. at one of those outside linebacker positions. Jordan Parker's another guy. Yeah, great point. Who, because of injury and because of poor play in front of him, uh, was not really expected to be a factor two, three games into the season. Is now a mainstay for them. Uh, so, yeah, now you start to add back in, guys, though. That's my point. Now you yeah. start to – maybe Micaiah Quick's coming back here in the not-too-distant future. Maybe Matt Diamond is getting ready to come back, and suddenly the depth looks a lot better. Maybe a Charles Walker. Maybe. You know, you, 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 maybe a Matt Romar gets back in there, and now you've got that rotation or a Devontae, a Devontae Lampkin who might not have played all that much. Yeah. Boom. And, and he's got made Wade, a difference. Lampkin, and Romar. Suddenly the tackle position looks really deep. And then if you want to be that guy that I tend to be sometimes, next year you get Marquez Overton back uh, who, who adds strength. I, I haven't really – we're not big recruiting guys on here. But, yeah, that, that's set up. For a while, that defensive line, you feel pretty good now with some of these young guys. I'm not trying to be, hey, let's look towards the future because there's a lot to play for right now. No, but just now. I mean, just this three-game stretch now and the bowl game, uh, if you could get these guys back, you know, then then you you just look like a better team. You have – I don't want to say constantly as as a way to to demean it, but you have chronically said whenever I would – question about Baylor we don't know we just didn't know what kind of team Baylor had right <laughs> and and I I don't think they're as bad as they looked against TCU on Saturday uh, they're going to be without shock Linwood now against Oklahoma on Saturday is he's going to be serving a one-game suspension so what what do we know about this Baylor team coming in here uh, a team that had ridden a relatively soft schedule to an undefeated 6-0 and start. Uh, though, again, that's a nice one they had over Oklahoma State on that kind of wild Saturday night down in Waco. But back-to-back losses now, Toby. They gave up 62 last week. Well, what are they? I mean, what can we expect? I think they're dangerous. I think that the offensive firepower that they have, even without Shock Linwood, the quarterback who can sling it and a, and a nice – uh, array of receivers that can go get it. And Terrence Williams still a pretty good running back mm-hmm. that they got back there. That they're dangerous. And when you combined that with, you know, the shakiness of the Oklahoma defense at times this year, uh, this is far from a gimme. Far from a gimme. Uh, they could they could get ahead and, and rattle the OU defense, and what before you know, it it's a Lubbock situation again. Uh, but I think they're shaky. I mean – if you just look at the facts of, of what they've put on the field this year, and the Oklahoma State game, they were fortunate to win. 
OSU helped them out in that game. The Iowa State game, credit them for a rally and persistence, but they were lucky to win that game. Iowa State really owned that game most of the day. Uh, they lost at Texas. They got waxed by TCU. So, and and then I don't even I'm not I don't want to get into all the stuff going on around the program, but I do. It's impossible for that not to in some way take a toll. Absolutely. When every day your coach or your players or both are having to answer questions about that, and so I think that they are they are a wounded dog. You know, I mean, I think that they are dangerous because they're embarrassed and mad about how last week went, and they're just kind of in, they're mad in general about the hand they've been dealt this year. Great, and and yet they're shaky. I mean, they're they're a team that I think you could deliver a knockout blow, maybe uh, like TCU did last year or last week, and put them away. So. There, that doesn't answer your question at all. <laughs> you you I, can't I sleep on him. It is one oh, way to put I, it. Oh, yeah. heck no. Absolutely no, not. No, especially – I don't know that last week does OU any good. I mean, the, the way that they got pummeled by TCU, I don't think that helps OU because, one, you know, now the coaches got to convince the OU players that these guys are not that, you know. And, two, Baylor's ticked. They're embarrassed and ticked. They got their hats handed to them by TCU on their home field. And the way that they can avenge that and and make their fan base happy again, at least in football regards, is to go beat Oklahoma and Norman. I mean, that's the biggest pelt you can have in this conference. Mm -hmm. So, And it's 11. It's 11, so you've got the whole, you know, sometimes the crowd isn't as amped up as they normally are at 11 a.m. So, uh, yeah, this is a scary game. Interesting three-game stretch, too. You know, if you, you you look at Baylor and then at West Virginia and, of course, the week off before wrapping up at home against Oklahoma State, Toby, we had always circled, you know, this little stretch as being the, the telltale of the season. I don't think many thought that this team would have started one and two, but I really like the way they bounced back. And I know some will say, oh, you're supposed to say that. You're Homer. And fine, if you want to look at it that way. They've won six straight games. I mean, come on. And they've done it in many different fashions. Yeah. I mean, from an offensive shootout like they had against uh, Texas Tech, a historic offensive shootout, relying – I mean, without their defense – I know this sounds wild in a 45-40 game, but without their defense against Texas, they don't win that game because they went through some offensive uh, ruts in that game. Uh, a shootout against TCU, two really good defensive performances against Kansas and Iowa State – uh, you've had special teams plays that have kick-started things all season long. So they've, wanted, they've won games just about every way possible over the last six. And I think it's uh, it's been a fun football team to follow. They're a better team than they were in week three, coming out of that Ohio State game when they were one and two and the world was caving in. They went back to work, and they've gotten better every week. I think they've established an identity as the years gone along. The emergence of D.D. Westbrook. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, he he was, I don't want to call him a non-factor in the first three weeks, but he was an average receiver. And now he's the front runner for the Bolitnikov. And the emergence of Didi to go with the rushing attack, an offensive line that has been solidified. We There are different guys playing defensively now than there were back in week three. And they have, through trial and error and injuries, uh, started to figure out, you know, what guys deserve to be on the field. And 
what they want their identity to be, especially on offense. Right. I think they're still working through it a little bit on defense. But especially on offense, uh, this is a juggernaut that it's it's hard to see anybody in this conference slowing them down. They're going to score on everybody. They're going to score. Um, so that's, you know, that's what you want. Just get better and better and better. And if they win these last three, we know they're the Big 12 champs for the 10th time. And and then you just kind of leave it to fate at that point. You know, what what they're going to at least a Sugar Bowl. You win these last the three, least. you win these last three, you're in a New Year's Day 6 bowl at the very least. And you are a conference champion. And uh considering where they were when they were 1 and 2, that's pretty that's pretty good. And maybe more. May you know they're probably not going to the college football playoff. There's a small percent chance, but like I've been saying, it's not, still ze- a chance. it's not zero. Right. And so you just win your last three, look as good as you can in those, uh, and and see what invitation you get handed after that. You get the sense Samaje will be back on Saturday, or you think they'll uh, they'll be cautious with him? Oh uh, well, I don't think there's any doubt they'll be cautious with him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's a pulled muscle, so. I don't think you really know at this point. I think that he is on track and ha- is at the point where he's ready to go test it out in practice, and that's what they're going to do this week is test him out of practice. They're probably today on Monday give him a little bit, and then on Tuesday give him a little bit more, and then you don't want him to repull it. That's the whole key, you know, because you, you desperately want him for West Virginia and Oklahoma State if you can. So I would, I would say 75-25 that he plays, but if there's any tweak throughout the week or any sense that maybe if he tries to go 100%, then you don't have him for those last two games, Joe Mixon is a pretty good backup playing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there's a huge drop-off from Samaje to Mixon, and we know Dimitri Flowers is a pretty good backup playing, backup plan. So I don't think they're going to be ultra-aggressive. But if he's okay, he'll play, sure. We have a few options for the start time against West Virginia. Yeah, it's been narrowed. <laughs> what can, can we talk about your try? You want to yeah. wait till next week? No, we can talk. We about touched it. on it a little bit, right? On on Thursday's I think podcast. You teased it. Oh yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I, I did. It was a long time ago. I'm going to Orlando next week. Wednesday, Thursday. No, I'm sorry. You're leaving Wednesday for Thursday, Friday, right? right? Men's basketball tournament was supposed to be in Puerto Rico, uh, because of the scares uh, of the Zika virus. It was moved to Orlando. And so that enabled us to get to call the the games. And uh, so I'm going to Orlando Wednesday. They play Tulane on Thursday in the opener of that tournament. And then uh, if they win that, they'll play Friday night. (laughs) And then, uh, well, they're playing Friday night either way, but winner's bracket or loser's bracket game. And then they don't play Saturday. They play the championship games and all the other games are on Sunday. So that enabled us to kind of have a window there to, to fly up to Morgantown and call the football game and back. Uh, and all the flights are booked, and everything looks like it's going to piece together perfectly as long as <laughs> we don't play at 11 a.m. <laughs> if we play at 11 a.m., my man Plank might get his first play-by-play. I, I, I might get my first Sooner football, at least <laughs> latter part of the pregame show. My flight is 6-something Saturday morning, and it lands in Pittsburgh 8.30-ish, something like that. That's if everything's on time. 
and and then you gotta rent a car and drive down to Morgantown and that's about what forty five minutes an hour maybe yeah you got game day traffic and getting oh, the car boy. rental state all that kind of stuff if it's at eleven a m it's not it's not ideal so <laughs> we found out today that it's either eleven two thirty six or seven <laughs> which I think is all the windows. <laughs> that could possibly be. <laughs> so it is not narrowed down at all. But I don't think it'll be 11. I mean, I think. I don't either. I think, one, that's going to be a really big game. Mm-hmm. And two, they oh, they put OU in the 11 o'clock window this, this week. This week, yeah. Which I think makes it almost a certainty, at least I'm hoping, that we're looking at 2.30 or a night game. I always worry because you're the person that I count on to make sure we've got rides to the stadium. <laughs> Well, how are you going to get there? I don't know. I'm going to get there now. Well, listen, even if I'm there, I'm in a tiny car this week. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Dean can't. He can't shove any more equipment (laughs) on us. I'll tell you what. He uh, Funny story, because when we drove back in our Patriot Ford from Ames, we have the the equipment. There's there's a massive box. What did I say? Big car. Patriot Ford. I'm just explaining. We had a big car. It was awesome. So we had a separate box that we had to bring back with us. And you you had tweeted when he's like, hey, you got all the equipment? You're like, oh, I knew we forgot something. Mm. So he never tweeted back and didn't say anything, but he called me on Friday. Just to make sure. J- just to make sure. He's like, <laughs> hey, can I pick up that equipment from you? And I was like, it's it's Saturday. We don't have anything. And I know what he was doing. He was just making Double sure, checking right, making sure that we didn't leave anything behind. But, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the It's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, and it the, is. And we go, obviously we go back to Orlando for the game on uh, – Sunday, well, hopefully a championship game. But Xavier's in that tournament on the other side of the Huge. bracket. They're number eight in the nation in the preseason. I think if OU beats Tulane, they probably play Arizona State in game two. A couple other nice teams on the other side of the bracket, too. So that'll be a fun event. 11 a.m., though, this Saturday, our focus is on Baylor. We'll talk more in depth on the Bears on the tailgate later this week. Toby, thanks for uh, stopping by and have a great call, depending on when you listen to this, either tonight or tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thanks, All man. Right. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.